Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in Hive, translated into Anglo-Saxon as, everybody knows by now, I've been saying it for like two years straight, maybe three, The Haven. No, not two years because we weren't here then. The Haven. And we're trying to create a safe haven for anybody who's aspiring to be God conscious to come and hang out and hear the truth straight from Prabhupada without any comments, the readings, straight, cover to cover, his books, with a little, you know, reflections here and there. By the way, I want to apologize for everybody out there in cyberspace, because yesterday none of you got to do your, not to give, not, not to, to read out your reflections. We, we forgive, please forgive me for that. But we have new guests, and they were all bright and have full of, you know, reflections. So we got carried away, and I started getting, you know me, when I talk, I get carried away. It's kind of like Ryder Ramon, you know. <laughs> he starts to talk, and he goes into another, another atmosphere or something, another universe. <laughs> but here we are almost on time, and uh, yeah, we'll, we, without further ado, uh, we're going to read, recite the Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami. It appears in his book. Sri Krishna Lila Stava. It's a BBT publication. You can get it if you want. Edited by Jaidwait Taraj and myself. Translated and commented upon by Gopi Paranarana Prabhu. And it's a wonderful translation. It's, it's glorifying the Bhagavatam, but we also recite it before the Bhagavad Gita recital because it's not different. Bhagavatam is just an extension of the Bhagavad Gita, filling in details. But the basics are in the Gita, and without actually assimilating them and learning to be like the Bhagavad Gita recommends we should be, it's very difficult to go further. So here we are. It goes like this. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarvalokaikadrikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabhu Kalidvandodhitaditya Shri Krishna Paribhartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees O Master Srimad Bhagavatam You are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali You are the exact image of Shri Krishna Paramananda Pataya Prema Varsatshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevaya Shri Krishnaya, the most to me. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Shri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madhura Mad Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhavya Madhananda Mostute 
my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayen atini chuchita kada anamun chagadachin mam O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Proof that we should read these books out loud. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 All right, we've reached chapter 8, which is the second chapter of the middle six chapters, which form the most confidential part of the Bhagavad Gita in which Krishna reveals the details of how he is the supreme personality of Godhead. But the first six and the last six chapters are also very important because they give us even more details about how to attain the supreme. But now we've, re we've reached um, chapter 8 of the Bhagavad Gita and it is called Attaining the Supreme. By remembering Lord Krishna in devotion throughout one's life, and especially at the time of death, one can attain to his supreme abode beyond the material world. Text 1 Arjuna Uvacha Kim Tad Brahmakidadyatmam Kim Karma Purushotama Adibhutam Chakim Proktam Arjuna inquired, O my Lord, O Supreme Person, what is Brahman? What is the Self? What are fruitive activities? What is this material manifestation? And what are the demigods? Please explain this to me. Purport. In this chapter, Lord Krishna answers different questions from Arjuna, beginning with, what is Brahman? The Lord also explains karma, fruitive activities, devotional service, and yoga principles, and devotional service in its pure form. The Srimad Bhagavatam explains that the Supreme Absolute Truth is known as Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. In addition, the living entity, the individual soul, is also called Brahman. Arjuna also inquires about Atma, which refers to the body, soul and mind. According to the Vedic dictionary, Atma refers to the mind, soul, body and senses also. Arjuna has addressed the Supreme Lord as Purushottama, Supreme Person, which means that he was putting these questions not simply to a friend, 
but to the Supreme Person, knowing Him to be the Supreme Authority, able to give definitive answers. Text 2. Adiyagyakatam kotra dehismin madasudana prayana kale chakatang yeyosi niyatatmabihi. Who is the Lord of Sacrifice? And how does he live in the body, O Madhusudana? And how can those engaged in devotional service know you at the time of death? Purport. Lord of Sacrifice may refer to either Indra or Vishnu. Vishnu is the chief of the primal demigods, including Brahma and Shiva, and Indra is the chief of the administrative demigods. Both Indra and Vishnu are worshipped by yajna performances. But here, Arjuna asks, who is actually the lord of yajna? sacrifice, and how the Lord is residing within the body of the living entity. Arjuna addresses the Lord as Madhusudana because Krishna once killed a demon named Madhu. Actually, these questions, which are of the nature of doubts, should not have arisen in the mind of Arjuna because Arjuna is a Krishna-conscious devotee. Therefore, these doubts are like demons. Since Krishna is no expert, since Krishna is so expert in killing demons, Arjuna here addresses him as Madhusudana, so that Krishna might kill the demon, demonic doubts that, ar that arise in Arjuna's mind. <clears throat> now the word Prayana Kale in this verse is very significant because Whatever we do in life will be tested at the time of death. Arjuna is very anxious to know of those who are constantly engaged in Krishna consciousness. What is their what what should be their their position at that final moment? At the time of death, all the bodily functions are disrupted and the mind is not in a proper condition. Thus disturbed by the bodily situation, one may not be able to remember the Supreme Lord. Maharaj Kulashekar, a great devotee, prays, My dear Lord, now, just now I am quite healthy and it is better that I die immediately so that the swan of my mind can seek entrance at the stem of your lotus feet. The metaphor is used because the swan, a bird of the water, we have a family, we're living down the street here, takes pleasure in digging into the lotus flowers. Its sporting proclivity is to enter the lotus flower. Maharaj Kulashekar says to the Lord, Now my mind is undisturbed and I am quite healthy. If I die immediately <clears throat> thinking of your lotus feet, then I am sure that my performance of your devotional service will become perfect. But if I have to wait for my natural death, then I do not know what will happen, because at that time the bodily functions will be disrupted, my throat will be choked up, and I do not know whether I will be able to chant 
your, your name. Better let me die immediately. Arjuna questions how a person can fix his mind on Krishna's lotus feet at such a time. Text 3 Sri Bhagavanuvacha Akshadam Brahmaparamam Subhavo Jatmamuchite Bhutta Bhavod Babakado Pisarga Karma Sanghitaha The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, The indestructible, transcendental living entity is called Brahman, and his eternal nature is called Adhyatma, the Self. Action pertaining to the development of the material bodies of the living entities is called Karma, or fruitive activities. Purport Brahman is <clears throat> indestructible and eternally existing, and its constitution is not changed at any time. But beyond Brahman, there is Para-Brahman. Brahman refers to the living entity, and Para-Brahman refers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The constitutional position of the living entity is different from the position he takes in the material world. In material consciousness, his nature is to try to be the Lord of Matter. But in spiritual consciousness, Krishna consciousness, his position is to serve the Supreme. When the living entity is in material consciousness, he has to take on various bodies in the material world. That is called karma, or varied creation by the force of material consciousness. In Vedic literature, the living entity is called Jivatma and Brahman, but he is never called Para-Brahman. The living entity, Jivatma, takes different positions. Sometimes he merges into the dark material nature and identifies himself with matter, and sometimes he identifies himself with the superior spiritual nature. Therefore, he is called the Supreme Lord's marginal energy. According to his identification with material or spiritual nature, he receives a material or spiritual body. In material nature, he may take a body from any of the 8,400,000 species of life. But in spiritual nature, he has only one body. In material nature, he is manifested sometimes as a man, demigod, animal, beast, bird, and so on, according to his karma. To attain material heavenly planets and enjoy their facilities, he, he per sometimes performs sacrifices, yagya. But when his merit is exhausted, he, he returns to earth again in the form of a man. This process is called karma. The Chandogya Upanishad describes the Vedic sacrificial process. On the sacrificial altar, five kinds of offerings are made into five kinds of fire. The five kinds of fire are conceived of as the heavenly planets, clouds, the earth, 
man and woman, and the five kinds of sacrificial offerings are faith, the enjoyer on the moon, rain, grains, and semen. In the process of sacrifice, the living entity makes specific sacrifices to attain specific heavenly planets and consequently reaches them. When the merit of sacrifice is exhausted, the living entity descends to earth in the form of rain, then takes on the form of grains, and the grains are eaten by man and transformed into semen, which impregnates a woman. And thus the living entity once again attains the human form to perform sacrifice and to repeat the same cycle. In this way, the living entity perpetually comes and goes on the material path. The Christian conscious person, however, avoids such sacrifices. He takes directly to Christian consciousness and thereby prepares himself to return to Godhead. Impersonalist commentators on the Bhagavad Gita unreasonably assume that Brahman takes the form of jiva in the material world. And to substantiate this, they refer to chapter 15, verse 7 of the Gita. But in this verse, the Lord speaks, also speaks of the living entity as an eternal fragment of Myself. The fragment of God, the living entity, may fall down into the material world, but the Supreme Lord, Achuta, never falls down. Therefore, this assumption that the Supreme Brahman assumes the form of Jiva is not acceptable. It is important to remember that in Vedic literature, Brahman, the living entity, is distinguished from Para-Brahman, the Supreme Lord. Text 4 Adibhutam Chado Bhava Purushas Chadi Daivatam Adijagyo Amevatra Dehe Deha Pritambada O best of the embodied beings, the physical nature, which is constantly changing, is called Adibhuta, the material manifestation. The universal form of the Lord, which includes all the demigods, like those of the sun and moon, is called Adidaiva, and I, the Supreme Lord, represented as the Supersoul in the heart of every embodied being, I am, am called Adiyagya, the Lord of Sacrifice. Purport <clears throat> The physical nature is constantly changing. Material bodies generally pass through six stages. They are born, they grow, they remain for some duration, they produce some byproducts, they dwindle, and then they vanish. This physical nature is called Adi Bhuta. It is created at a certain point and will be annihilated at a certain point. The conception of the universal form of the Supreme Lord, which includes all the demigods, and their universal form of the Supreme Lord, which includes 
all the demigods and the different planets is called Adidaivata. I'll read that again. The conception, um, the conception of the universal form of the Supreme Lord, which includes all the demigods and their different planets, is called Adidaiva. And present in the body, along with the individual soul, is the super soul, a plenary representation of Lord Krishna. The super, the super soul is called the Paramatma or Adi Yagya and is situated in the heart. The word Eva is particularly important in the, context, in the context of this verse because by this word the Lord stresses that the Paramatma is not different from Him. The Super Soul, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, seated beside the individual soul is the witness of the individual soul's activities and is the source of the soul's various types of consciousness. The super-soul gives the individual soul an opportunity to act freely and witness his activities. And witnesses his activities. I'll read that again. The super-soul gives the individual soul an opportunity to act freely and witnesses his activities. The functions of all these different manifestations of the Supreme Lord automatically become clarified for the pure Krishna conscious devotee engaged in transcendental service to the Lord. The gigantic universal form of the Lord called Adidaivata is contemplated by the neophyte who cannot approach the Supreme Lord in his manifestations manifestation as super soul. The neophyte is, is advised to contemplate the universal form or Virat Purusha whose legs are considered the lower planets whose eyes are considered the sun and moon and whose head is considered the upper planetary system. Text 5 Antakali chama meva smaran muktva kalevaram yak priyati samad bhavam yati And whoever at the end of his life quits his body remembering me alone at once attains my nature. Of this there is no doubt. Purport. In this verse, the importance of Krishna consciousness is stressed. Anyone who quits his body in Krishna consciousness is at once transferred to the transcendental nature of the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord is the purest of the pure. Any, therefore, anyone who con is constantly Krishna conscious is also the purest of the pure. The word smaran, remembering, is important. Remembrance of Krishna is not possible for the impure soul who has not practiced Krishna consciousness in devotional service. Therefore, one should practice Krishna consciousness from the begin very beginning of life. If one wants to achieve success at the end of his life, the process of remembering Krishna is essential. Therefore, one should constantly 
incessantly chant the Maha Mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Lord Chaitanya has advised that one be as tolerant as a tree to Rorapi Sahishnuna. There may be so many impediments for a person who is chanting Hare Krishna. Nonetheless, tolerating all these impediments, one should continue to chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And so that so that the so at the so that at the end of one's life, one can have the full benefit of Krishna consciousness. Text six. Yang yang bapis madan bhavam jajajanti Let me chant. Yang yang bapis madan bhavam jajajanti kalevaram tang tam evaiti kunteya sadatad bhava bhavitaha. Whatever state of being one remembers when he quits his body, O son of Kunti, that state he will attain without fail. Purport. The process of changing one's nature at the critical moment of death is here explained. A person who at the end of his life quits his body thinking of Krishna attains the transcendental nature of the Supreme Lord. But it is not true that a person who thinks of something other than Krishna attains the same transcendental state. This is a point we should note very carefully. How can one die in the proper state of mind? Maharaj Bharat, although a great personality, thought of a deer at the end of his life, and so in the next life he was transferred into the body of a deer. Although as a deer he remembered his past activities, he had to accept that animal body. Of course, one's thoughts during the course of one's life accumulate to influence one's thoughts at the moment of death. So this life creates one's next life. If in one's present life one lives in the mode of goodness and always thinks of Krishna, it is possible for one to remember Krishna at the end of one's life. That will help one be transferred to the transcendental nature of Krishna. If one is transcendentally absorbed in Krishna's service, then his next body will be transcendental, spiritual, not material. Therefore, the chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare is the best process for successfully changing one's state of being at the end of one's life. Text 7 Tasmat sarveshu kaleshu mam anusmarayudyacha mayarpitamano budir mam evaisyasya shangshayaha Therefore Arjuna 
you should always think of me in the form of Krishna and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting. With your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me, you will attain me without doubt. You notice how many times Krishna is saying, without doubt, certainly, surely, without doubt. Purport. This instruction to Arjuna is very important for all men engaged in material activities. The Lord does not say that one should give up his prescribed duties or engagements. One can continue them and at the same time think of Krishna by chanting Hare Krishna. This will free one from material contamination and engage the mind and intelligence in Krishna. By chanting Krishna's name, by, by chanting Krishna's names, one will be transferred to the supreme planet, Krishna Loka, without a doubt. Text 8. Abhyasa Yoga Yuktena Chitasa Nanyagamina Padamang Purushang Divyam Yati Partha Nuchintayan He who meditates on me as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his mind constantly engaged in remembering me, undeviated from the path, he, O Partha, is sure to reach me. Purport In in this verse, Lord Krishna stresses the importance of remembering him. One's memory of Krishna is revived by chanting the Mahamantra, Hare Krishna. By this practice of chanting and hearing the sound vibration of the Supreme Lord, one's ear, tongue, and mind are engaged. This mystic meditation is very easy to practice and it helps one attain the Supreme Lord. Purusham means enjoyer. Although living entities belong to the marginal energy of the Supreme Lord, they are in material contamination. They think themselves enjoyers, but they are not the supreme enjoyer. Here it is clearly stated that the supreme enjoyer is the supreme personality of Godhead in his different manifestations and plenary expansions as Narayana, Vasudeva, and so on. The devotee can constantly think of the object of worship the Supreme Lord in any of his features, Narayana, Krishna, Rama, and so on, by chanting Hare Krishna. This practice will purify him, and at the end of his life, due to his constant chanting, he will be transferred to the kingdom of God. Yoga practice is meditation on the super-soul within. Similarly, by chanting Hare Krishna, one fixes his mind always on the Supreme Lord. The mind is fickle and therefore it is necessary to engage the mind by force to think of Krishna. One example often given is that of the caterpillar, the caterpillar that thinks of becoming a butterfly and so is transformed into a butterfly in the same life. Similarly, if we constantly think of Krishna, 
it is certain that at the end of our lives we shall have the same bodily constitution as Krishna. Text 9 Kavim Puranam Anushashitaram Anor Anihang Semanusmarev Yaha Sarvasyadat Taramachin Jarupam Adit Javarnam Tamasak Parastat One should meditate upon the Supreme Person as one who knows everything, as he who is the oldest, who is the controller, who is smaller than the smallest, who is the maintainer of everything, who is inconceivable, beyond all material conception, and who is always a person. He is luminous like the sun, and he is transcendental beyond this material nature. Purport. The process of thinking of the Supreme is mentioned in this verse. The foremost point is that he is not impersonal or void. One cannot meditate <clears throat> on something impersonal or void. That is very difficult. The process of thinking of Krishna, however, is very easy and is factually stated herein. First of all, the Lord is Purusha, a person. We think of the person Rama and the person Krishna. And whether one thinks of Rama or of Krishna, what he is like is described in this verse of Bhagavad Gita. The Lord is Kavi, that is, he knows past, present and future, and therefore knows everything. He is the oldest personality because he is the origin of everything. Everything is born out of him. He is also the supreme controller of the universe, and he is the maintainer and instructor of humanity. He is smaller than the smallest. The living entity is one ten-thousandth part of the tip of a hair, but the Lord is so inconceivably small that he enters into the heart of this particle. Therefore he is called smaller than the smallest. As the Supreme, he can enter into the atom and into the heart of the smallest and control him as the Supersoul. Although so small, he is still all-pervading and is maintaining everything. By him, all these planetary systems are sustained. We often wonder how these big planets are floating in the air. It is stated here that the Supreme Lord, by His inconceivable energy, is sustaining all these big planets and systems of galaxies. The word achintya, inconceivable, is very significant in this connection. God's energy is beyond our conception, beyond our thinking jurisdiction, and is therefore called inconceivable. Achintya. Who can argue this point? He pervades the material world and yet is beyond it. We cannot comprehend even this material world, which is insignificant compared to the spiritual world. So how can we comprehend what is beyond? Achintya means that which is beyond this material world, that which our arguments logic, 
and philosophical speculation cannot touch that which is inconceivable. Mm. There, therefore, intelligent persons avoiding useless argument and speculation should accept what is stated in scriptures like the Vedas, Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and follow the principles they set out, they set down. This will lead one to understanding. Text 10 Prayana kale manasachalena Bhaktya yukto yoga balena chaiva Bruvor madje pranam avesha samyak Satampadam purusham upaiti divyam one who at the time of death fixes his life air between the eyebrows and by the strength of yoga with an undeviating mind engages himself in remembering the Supreme Lord in full devotion will certainly attain to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport In this verse it is clearly stated that at the time of death the mind must be fixed in devotion to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For those practiced in yoga, it is recommended that they raise the life force between the eyebrows to the Agya Chakra. The practice of Shat Chakra Yoga involving meditation on the six chakras is suggested here. A pure devotee does not practice such yoga but because he is always engaged in Krishna consciousness at death, he can remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead by His grace. This is explained in verse 14. The particular use of the word Yoga Balena is significant in this verse because without practice of yoga, whether Shat Chakra Yoga or Bhakti Yoga, one cannot come to this transcendental state of being at the time of death. One cannot come to this transcendental state of being at the time of death. One cannot suddenly remember the Supreme Lord at death. One must have practiced some yoga system, especially the system of bhakti yoga. Since one's mind at death is very disturbed, one should practice transcendence through yoga during one's life. Text 11 Yadakshadam Vedavido Vidanti Vishanti Yad Yatayo Vitaragaha Yadichanto Brahmacharyam Chadanti Tate Padam Sangrehane Prabhakshe Persons who are learned in the Vedas, who utter Omkara, and who are great sages in the renounced order, enter into Brahman. Desiring such perfection, one practices celibacy. I shall now pr briefly explain to you this process by which one may attain salvation. Purport Lord Sri Krishna has recommended to Arjuna the practice of Shat Chakra Yoga in which one places the air of life between the eyebrows 
taking it for granted that Arjuna might not know how to practice Shat Chakra Yoga. The Lord explains the pro process in the following verses. The Lord says that Brahman, although one without a second, has various manifestations and features. Especially for the impersonalists, the Akshara or Omkara, the syllable Om, is identical with Brahman. Krishna here explains the impersonal Brahman into which the renounced order of sages enter. In the Vedic system of knowledge, students from the very beginning are taught to vibrate Om and learn the ultimate impersonal Brahman by living with the spiritual master in complete celibacy. In this way they realize these two features of Brahman's features. This practice is very essential for the student's advancement in spiritual life. But at the moment, such brahmachari, unmarried, celibate life is not at all possible. The social construction of the world has changed so much that there is no possibility of one's practicing celibacy from the beginning of student life. Throughout the world, there are many institutions for different departments of knowledge. But there is no recognized institution where students can be educated in the brahmachari principles. Unless one practices celibacy, advancement in spiritual life is very difficult. Therefore, Lord Chaitanya has announced, according to the scriptural injunctions for this age of Kali, that in this age, no process of realizing the Supreme is possible except the chanting of the holy names of Krishna, Lord Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So we'll stop the reading there tonight. 45 minutes, almost exactly. Um, again, I apologize for last night in which the um, devotees out there in cyberspace didn't get a chance to get their um, reflections read out. So we're going to start with you tonight and then we'll turn to the devotees in the room present to give them a chance also. Okay, so anybody out there have reflections? There's something from Yadutamak. Yadutamak, Haribo, he's in Russia. He says, Hare Krishna Gurudev, my obeisances and all glories to Prabhupada. I can't wait to hear Hare Krishna over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hare Krishna, nice realization. Well, we did, that's what we did. We heard Hare Krishna over and over again, just a few verses. This is helping us to become convinced that this idea that there's no doubt of what will happen to us at the time of death when we chant Hare Krishna will be fixed. And from Krishnangi Mulder. Krishnangi Mulder. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances, Maharaj. Grateful to be hearing with you all. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. 
This is from Matteo Musso. Is that the same as Ma, Ma, no, somebody else. Matteo okay. Haribo Matteo, I know this person. Can't remember. Go ahead. He says, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Hmm. I know who this is, but I can't place the face. Matteo, what's the last name? Musso, M-U-S-S-O. Matteo Musso. Maybe that's their, uh, that's just their email address name. Ask him, what, what, is, what is your initiated name, Prabhu, if you are, or if you're not, Hare Krishna? Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari. Haribo Rati, Hare Krishna. <coughs> Jai Guru Maharaj, the sweet comfort of transcendental knowledge. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing it to us day after day. Just the peon trying to deliver the mail. That's it. Hare Krishna. Nothing more, nothing less. Next is from Goranga Gopal. Hey, Goranga Gopal. <coughs> he was here last time, the Welsh devotees were here. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Could you please explain a little further how the impersonalist commentators happen to misunderstand verse 7 of chapter 15, assuming that Brahman takes the form of a jiva in the material world? Thank you. Mamai, what is the verse? <coughs> Mamai Vangsha Jiva Loke, Jiva Bhuta Sanatana. So they mistake Mamai Vangsha to mean that the soul and the super soul are one but they don't accept the eternal part, the anksha part, of part. The, the soul is the eternal part and parcel of Krishna. But they misinterpret the word. They juggle the grammar of the Sanskrit to make it look like uh, the soul and the super-soul are the same person. And that's a, that's, that's a head-scratcher for us because it doesn't make any sense. But to them, because they've heard this philosophy over and over and over and over again, they just accept it. They're taught it, particularly by Shankaracharya, but he wasn't the first one, Ashtavakya, and there's many others who had impersonal conceptions before Shankaracharya. Because the Lord creates this material world in order to fulfill the unfulfilled desires of the conditioned souls at the end of the last creation and for, for each birth after the creation before it's annihilated again and this all happens in the space of one of Lord Vishnu's Ma Vishnu's breathing period he breathes out and he breathes in and it's all created and goes on for in case nobody knows 311 trillion 80 billion of our years on the earth 
That's why he's called inconceivable, because we can't conceive of that. But inconceivable doesn't mean that we can't conceive anything about him. Everyone can conceive something about him. But inconceivable means not everyone can understand everything about him. No one can understand everything about him. And very few can understand anything about him. Therefore, he's called Achintya, inconceivable. So with that education, with the impersonal education, they learn it like that. And therefore, they succumb to the twisting of the grammar of Sanskrit to screw out a meaning that is not actually there. Therefore, you cannot hear or you cannot understand the actual position of the soul and God in this material world and all our relationships uh, without hearing from a person who is actually Christian conscious. The Parampara system um, that we heard in the beginning of this chapter. That's revealed knowledge. Re knowledge is revealed to us. We can't get it by the force of our the strength of our senses or our mind and intelligence. And therefore, the impersonalists who are addicted to speculating about what is true and what is not true, uh, they end up in a void, which doesn't actually exist. There is no void. But there is a state of being in between the spiritual uh, planets and the material universe. Uh, it's called the spiritual sky, which is made up of a whole bunch of jivas packed up together who want to be, uh, to just exist. In the Briya Bhagavatamrita, When, when Gopakumar goes to the spiritual world, to the abode of liberation, he calls it, um, Kalapur, uh, Mahakalapur, and he sees the service that the jivas do to, this, to the Maha, to the Maha, to the uh, Mahakala expansion of Krishna. There's an expansion of Krishna in the Brahma Jyoti which is the source of the Brahma Jyoti. And those souls who are in the spiritual sky but not in the spiritual planets, who have no active engagements, they just sparkle. They just sparkle and they decorate Mahakala. That's their service. And by that way, eventually they get enough qualification to come back to the material world and or come to the material world to uh, learn how to to go back to the spiritual planets and serve with their full capacity. Hare Krishna. It's a liberated state, and therefore they feel happiness. But it's not complete. They don't feel bliss. They feel the happiness of not being entangled and influenced by the material energy. And how all that works is 
in one word? Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Thank you. <laughs> you see, it's so logical and natural for a devotee because it comes to the natural conclusion. Okay. Next is from Bhakta Jason. Bhakta Jason, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances. Jai and glory to Prabhupada. Maharaj, could you please tell me what impersonal Brahmavadi means? An impersonal Brahmavadi is one who has taken up the process of uh, learning the Vedas and, and applying the Vedas into their lives. Um, and in the gradual process of doing that, they've come to the state of realizing that they're not the body. They become liberated in the supreme, the Brahman realization. That is called the Brahmavadi. But the Brahmavadi is not uh, averse to the idea of the supreme or Parabrahman being a person because they haven't met the or they haven't come to that stage of realization yet but the mayavadis have been misled to think that krishna's form and the form of devo and the form of devotional service are products of the material nature that's the mayavadi philosophy that everything is ultimately uh, one and that uh, anything that is that has variety and form is a temporary manifestation of the transformation of the mode of goodness and therefore it's material that when we uh, wake up from this influence then we realize that we are God that's Mayavadi but the Brahmavadi uh, realizes they're spiritual that they're not material but they haven't realized the ultimate feature of God. But when they meet Krishna, the two examples we have that are given, there are many examples, but the two that we hear about from our previous acharyas are Shukadev Goswami, <coughs> who appeared in the womb of his mother, liberated, and he decided not to come out. Poor woman. Sixteen years he stayed in the womb, in the womb of the womb. Can, can you imagine that? <laughs> Don't think so. Inconceivable. <coughs> and but then then Vyasadev <coughs> asked Krishna to come there and speak to him while he was in the womb to reassure him that he would not be attracted to the material energy. And then he agreed, okay, I'll come out. And in doing that he heard some verses of the Bhagavatam. And so that attracted him out. But when he got out, he was full-blown. Full, don't have, ask us how that works. So there's some process how that works. Can't understand it, but it, it happened. And he just went away. He ran away. And Vyasadeva chased him. And uh, he was very intelligent. He, he put his disciples out into the forest that he was wandering in. And every once in a while he would hear verses of the Bhagavatam and he would hear and he got attracted so even though he was liberated he got attracted to the hearing about Krishna and agreed to come back and study the whole Bhagavatam 
from Vasudev. And then he went then he, he went wandering and he happened to wander and when Prikshit Maharaj sat down and all the sages had gathered to witness his departure because it was very auspicious. And uh, they were arguing back and forth about what he should do at the time of death and different people had different opinions, different rishis and great souls had different opinions. And when Shukadev came in, they all looked at him and they bowed down. Only people that didn't bow down was his father, Yasudev, and I think maybe Brahma and Narada. You know, everyone else just bowed down. They wanted to hear from him. Why? They could see just from his visiognomy that he was the most advanced. And he repeated the Bhagavatam, every word memorized without changing one word. 18,000 verses. That's one example. And then the four Kumaras, they were the mind-born sons of Brahma. Brahma had um, the seven great rishis and also had ten mind-born sons. And they were the original rishis. And they took the Vedas that were given to them by Brahma and others that came later as he uh, unpacked the sound, Om Kara, which came from Krishna's flute into Lord Brahma's ear and came out of his mouth as the Om Kara. came from the flute sound, which is the sound of Hare Krishna, which was transformed into Om, which came out of Lord Brahma's mouth as the Gayatri. And then from there, all the Vedas came from that sound. So a person who is studying that sound but has not yet reached the Parabrahman uh, is called a Brahmavadi. So the mind-born sons of Brahma were asked by Brahma to increase the universe by getting married and producing progeny, and they refused. This is just for the Brahmacharis. No offense intended. But that's the one order that the spiritual master gives the Brahmachari that he can refuse without offense. Now it's just the opposite. Everybody's speaking to the Brahmacharis, anyway, you're going to get married someday anyway, so you might as well start thinking about it now and preparing yourself, and it goes on and on. But that wasn't the original system. There wasn't any sex until Swayam Bhuvamanu had and Shadarupa were created by Brahma. So that's the difference between the Mayavadi and the Brahmavadi. The Brahmavadi, when the four Kumaras who were liberated by practicing the Ashtanga Yoga system uh, came to the gates of Vaikuntha, they met with Vishnu, and as soon as they saw him and smelled the Tosi leaves mixed with saffron and sandwood pulp, they changed into pure devotees. They didn't say, no, you're not God, you're not the reality, you're an illusion. And then they became fully Krishna conscious. There's a long history. It's called the Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> okay, Hare Krishna. Next.
Next is from Yadutama. Haribo Yadutama. He says, Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj. In verse 8, when Prabhupada writes that we can think of the different forms of the Lord by chanting Hare Krishna, is this something that comes automatically, or should we actively try to remember different forms of the Lord? It's individual. It's not a formulaic. It's not that we must do this, we must do that, or we can must cannot do this, we cannot do this. It's not formulaic. It's revealed knowledge. It comes uh, naturally. Each one of us has an, an individual, indiv uh, uh, eternal relationship with Krishna uh, in a certain uh, nature, in a certain rasa. And as we chant Hare Krishna, because all of the incarnations of Krishna are contained within the Hare Krishna mantra, then as we chant the Hare Krishna mantra, by concentrating on the sound, by meditating on the sound, which is, by the way, non-different from Krishna, this Namachintamani uh, Krishnas Chaitanya Rasa Vigraha Purna Nit Purna Shudo Nityamukta Binatmam Nama Namino. Um, the holy name is Chintamani. It's transcendental. It's spiritual. It's not material. And Purna, uh, purna Shudo. It's eternally pure. And Nitya, nitya Mukta. Eternally liberated. And Binatmam Nama Namino. It's non different from Krishna. So, therefore, because Krishna's form is the. Uh, contains all the other forms of God, uh, so the holy name of Krishna contains all of the names, all the other names and forms of God. Therefore, if you can chant Hare Krishna and your natural uh, relationship is with Rama, for instance, or some other expansion of God, then you, that, that will awaken in you if it is your natural relationship. We have two examples that come to mind in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. One is of Murari Gupta, who was considered by Lord Chaitanya to be an incarnation of Hanuman and was a great liberated devotee of Lord Ramachandra. Even though he was in Lord Chaitanya's movement and Lord Chaitanya was preaching Krishna to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he could not get up, give up his devotion to Ramachandra and Lord Chaitanya worshipped him for that and also the younger brother of Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami, his name is Anupam. He was also an eternal servant of Ramachandra. But because he was a younger brother, Rupa and Sanatana were pure devotees of Lord Krishna. They kind of tried to convince him to come and be a Krishna devotee with them. So he did. And that night, he said, yes, please initiate me into the Krishna mantra and I will join you and we'll worship Krishna together. So he went to bed that night and he was in so much anxiety thinking about leaving the lotus feet of Lord Raghunath, Lord Ramachandra. He came to them in the morning and he said, I cannot, I've, I've sold my head to the Lord feet of Lord Ramachandra, so you please give me permission to leave right now. And they embraced him and they accepted him. And Lord Chaitanya later on 
<coughs> when Rupa Goswami went to visit the Lord Chaitanya in Jagannath Puri, <coughs> uh, he was told that, uh, I mean, Sanatana Goswami came and he was told that <coughs> uh, Anupad had died because not long after that he left the world. And then Lord Chaitanya glorified him as a great devotee of Lord Ramachandra and used Murari Gupta as another example of a person he tested. Adi Bolananda Murti, she's in Japan, Osaka. <coughs> she says, Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Mm. Thank you so much for today's reading. Krishna is so kind to confirm to us that we will reach his abode when we remember him always by chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I want to read these parts again and again. Thank you very much, Hare Krishna. Please do. So be it. She goes out and does Bhagavad Gita and works full time at the same time. Yes. Uh, again from Matteo Musso. Matteo Musso, Hare Krishna. Matteo Musso. He says, I am a bhakta from Italy. I was in the Radha Krishna London Temple in September. Let me talk to you over the phone. Wow. I knew I knew the name Matteo. Hare Krishna, Bhakta Matteo. So nice to hear you and thank you very much for remembering me. And then from Vrajaloka Devi Dasi. Oh, did he come from the temple? Yeah, he was there at the temple. Did he come to the cottage? That's where it was. Thank you, Matteo, for reminding me that we met you in the cottage and maybe in the temple also. I can't remember with. But anyway, thank you for keeping me in your heart. And from Vrajaloka. Haribo Vrajaloka, she's from Hungary. Hare Krishna, dear. My disciple, but she's in Hungary. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai, Hari Bo. It is so enlivening to hear you again. I missed the readings in the last few weeks. Thank you for being here for us. Today we heard that a pure devotee can live anywhere because by his devotional service, he can create an atmosphere of Vrindavan everywhere. I experience this every day when I hear you. Hare Krishna. Hyatt really became the haven, a holy place by your unflinching devotional service. Hare Krishna. Thank you for your beautiful example. All glories to your service. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Just the peon developing and delivering the mail. That's it. Trying not to change it. Okay, what about the assembled sages in the room. Any reflections? Yes. Unless Rati Manjari has another reflection. If she does, then we'll read hers. Okay. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Introduce yourself. 
My name is Vamsi. Vamsi Das. He's a part of a band that all joined the movement and now they're everywhere, here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Um, first thing when we started reading, and it mentioned um, Kula Shaker's prayer, you know, that better let me die now um, than when I'm old because now I'm healthy. So, you know, and I was thinking, I'd like to feel that if I died now that I would be able to remember Krishna <laughs> but I wasn't so confident so I was thinking how t you know it was encouraging me to practice to want to practice Krishna consciousness better and and, and more um, and then as the reading went on it's Krishna started to give you know to explain and Prabhupada started to explain how to practice Krishna consciousness so that by the end of life you will you know so that now we can start being in that condition where we'll be able to remember Krishna yes. and then I just this part stuck out at me where it said that um, there may be so many impediments for a person who's chanting Hare Krishna nonetheless tolerating all these impediments once you continue to chant and so on and, and uh, I remembered the first time that I read that section um, I was on the train and um and I, I remember where it was and everything but um, it just made me think like you know I don't remember the first time I read all the other sentences but the book the Gita obviously spoke to me at that point yes and um, I'm just feeling happy that I'm still reading the book now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that I'm able to you know rededicate myself to the instructions over and over again and, yes. and try and Yes, we're trying to develop, the, to redevelop the culture, you know, because when we first joined, this was, this was done a lot, that we'd sit together and just read the book, you know, every night after our sankirtan or after our services, we get together and have a cup of hot milk and we hear the Krishna book, we hear the Bhagavad Gita every night for the next devotion. And that became our life's breath. So this is extremely important that we get a taste for hearing the sound of the book in the association of other devotees who have a taste for hearing and it will spread this is the way it's spreading so thank you very much sometimes devotees when they become very advanced they want to leave their bodies for various reasons mainly out of separation from feelings of separation they cannot stand it not to see Krishna face to face and be with him so they decide to commit suicide but most of the time they don't but Sanatana Goswami decided that he would because he got these sores in his body when he was traveling through the Jaikanda forest and they were oozing sores, they were wet sores and he, got, he was on his way to see Lord Chaitanya and he made up his mind on his way to commit suicide because he, th he thought that that would be the way I would attain perfection. He planned it out, you know, when Lord Chaitanya was dancing in the Ratyatra he would look at Lord Chaitanya and jump in front of his, in front of the wheel and <laughs> get squished and leave his body and attain perfection. So when Lord Chaitanya, when he came to meet Lord Chaitanya, before he spoke to Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya told him, I think that this idea to commit suicide is not a very good idea. And then he talked to uh, Haridas Thakur about it. He said, this man has surrendered me his body and now he wants to take the possession of another person and steal it. Can you please, please 
speak some sense to him and like that indirectly he uh, brought him out of that uh, consciousness and in the process of that he tested him and he had him come to join him in the Ayatota temple which is which is by the beach and because Sanatana Goswami felt very fallen uh, he didn't take the short route through the temple because he was afraid that one of the servants of the temple would touch him and, and he'd become offensive. He was that humble, so humble, even though he was the greatest devotee. So he went along the beach and it was in summer and the beach was the beach, the sand was hot and his feet got blisters. And we came to Lord Chaitanya and he said, which way did you come from? And he told them and he said, but you, you must have gotten blisters on your feet. How can you even stand it? He said, I didn't notice. I just wanted to come and see you. And then Haridas Thakur and him had this conversation in which Lord Chaitanya told them ultimately that he considered them his little boys. And just like a woman who has a child, the baby may pass stool and urine on the body of a mother, but it doesn't bother her. Rather, she takes it to be a great pleasurable thing to clean it up herself. That's real love. So he said, I'm a sannyasi, and I have to see people neutrally. I can't see them as bad or good. So when I embrace you and these sores get on my body, I don't take that as anything material at all. I think it's spiritual. And I don't smell any bad fragrance. I smell aguru and sandalwood mixed with lotus flowers. Mm -hmm. And finally, they all, then he embraced Lord Chaitanya, the Goswami, and all of the sores went away. And his body turned golden and he was fixed and then sent to Vrindavan to deliver us all by the devotional service. So, in that course of that discourse, Lord Chaitanya told him that, yes, sometimes devotees feel so much intense separation from Krishna that they want to go and be with Krishna right now. But they don't. Because they, just like, who was it? I think it was Srimati Radharani who was telling one of her friends that Krishna has left her and doesn't he know that that she can't live without him? And then she said, "Well, maybe, maybe, maybe when I die, then he'll remember me." And then she thought, "But if if she finds out I died, then he would feel bad. So maybe I won't die." So like that, even feelings like that don't uh, manifest the actual act but they manifest the consciousness which attracts Krishna. And then the person is delivered sooner or later or sometimes later because as he said to Haridas Thakur, I want to perform service, important service through the body of Sanatana Goswami. It belongs to me now. You gave it to me, right? <laughs> so it doesn't belong to you anymore. You don't have the right to take it from me. We have things to do through that body. Hare Krishna.
So it's eight, almost eight twenty. We'll stop our reading today. Hare Krishna. Mm. Unless Rati has one more thing to say, did she? She says, no, Guru Maharaj, I am here, but satisfied with hearing in the background. Thank you very much for your kindness upon me. Thank you very much, Rati, for your leading the Sankirtan uh, Harinam parties in, in, uh, in the Netherlands and uh, in, in Holland. And uh, please keep it up. You're inspiring all of us. Srimad Bhagavad Gita at as it is ki jai. Samavira Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. An ever increasing nectar of the sounds of Srila Prabhupada's transcendental books. Hare Krishna.